0: first Noel the angel did say was to say.
1: Christmas. Glad to be with you guys. I want to share with you. This is from Luke 2. This is, you know, after Jesus was born and he was a few years old his parents brought him to the temple and, and this man named Simeon gets to hold Jesus for the first time. And I want to read for you just these few short verses. I just think this is so powerful. It says, Lord, now, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word for my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Jesus is the gift. Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus is why we gather, and he is a light. He is the revelation to this earth. Can we thank God for Jesus Christ this morning? Can we thank God from in the house? You all can have a seat. It's good to be with you this morning. I hope that uh, your Christmases with your family were peaceful and... And I know there are many, many, I'm sure are very different. Ours was different, um, but we're so thankful for what what we did have, and I'm thankful for you all and to be a part of this church, I'm thankful. Christmas Eve was, was a joy. Uh, it was great to be with you all and, and it was just a, it, it was really a unique experience to be able to sit there in the middle of a pandemic and to worship with you all. So thanks for joining us on Christmas Eve. I want to share with you that we have a brand new series coming up in the new year is called 21 days of prayer and fasting and so pastor ken will share a little bit more about that here in a minute but uh just just be ready for this new year let's let's go into this new year head on i know many of us are like wanting to jump in today um but just let's leave 2020 in the past and thank god for what he did for how he continued to prove himself faithful to us and so let's go into 2021, 20, 21 not 21 21 We're going to go into the future. Um, 2021, we're going to tackle the 21 days of prayer and fasting and seek the Lord's face as we go into 2021. So I want to share with you that this morning we have the joy of having Deb Metcalf and the kids. So if you all want to join us on stage, let's welcome them up. So if I have any kids in the house, would you come on up? We would love to have you join us on stage. Come on up, guys. Come on over, guys. Have a seat.
2: Good morning, boys and girls. I am so glad. And we have a special helper up here with us, too. I'm so thankful for the special helper and for the, the ones who are young and young at heart who can join us up on the platform this morning. We really appreciate that. So just have a seat. Get comfortable. I'm so glad you're all here, and you know what? For come on up, come on, come on. Um, I am so glad that we have a chance today to learn what your folks have been learning up here from Pastor Ken. All during the month of December, he's been teaching the grown-ups about how to have a wonderful life with Jesus. So if you just want to turn around here, I'm going to be showing uh, some special story cards that are taken straight from the Bible. Um, And so what, what we want to talk about here today with you guys is that Jesus loves you, and that's wonderful. And when you know Jesus, he gives you a wonderful life. Whenever we're done here, um, Miss Kim is down. She has some little booklets she's going to give you that you can take with you. You can color. You can read. Um, and they'll remind you of the stories that we're going to look at here this morning. Um, the first story that, that we want to talk about is the story that happened after Jesus grew up. We celebrated his birth, the time that he came, came to earth this week when we had Christmas. And that was really cool But then Jesus grew up. He became three and four and five and seven and nine and ten. And, and he grew up just like you guys. And, and the things that you guys do, you know, Jesus did that stuff. He was a kid, but then he grew up and he became an adult. And when he became a man, he started to do some real special things that no other man could do. These things were called miracles. And these things proved to people that Jesus was God. They might have been able to see him and touch him and hear him, but he was God, and only he could do some very wonderful and special things. So the first story that we're going to talk about today is a story where there were some guys who, who had heard about Jesus, and, and they knew that he was special, and they knew he could do special miracles, and they had a friend who couldn't walk. But they knew that Jesus could make him well. They believed that Jesus could make him walk if they could just get their friend close enough to Jesus. So one day they knew that Jesus was teaching in a house in in a certain neighborhood, and they got their friend, and they put him on a cot. He couldn't walk, so they put him on this cot, and they carried him to the house where Jesus was. And while Jesus was teaching, they put a hole in the roof, And they let their friend down right in front of Jesus, right through that hole in the roof. I could just imagine how thrilled Jesus was when he saw the faith that these men had, that they knew he could give their friend a wonderful life by showing their friend his love and by making him able to walk for the first time in his life maybe. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He showed he loved this man by healing him And he gave this man a wonderful life. This man knew Jesus, he met Jesus, and that gave him a wonderful life. Now, our next miracle that we want to tell you about is a day when, again, Jesus was teaching and over 5,000 people came to hear him teach. And I heard him teach during the morning and at lunchtime and in the afternoon, and then their tummies started to growl. And then they got real hungry, and they were having trouble thinking about what Jesus was teaching them because they were so hungry. But there were ones there who knew that Jesus loved them, and he could make their day wonderful by making food for them to eat. And that's exactly what he did. A young boy came to Jesus with loaves and fishes, and The boy knew that that wouldn't be enough to feed all the people there, but he knew Jesus could do something real special with what he gave him. And so that's what he did. He gave Jesus his small lunch. And Jesus began doing something very special called a miracle. And he made enough food, not just for the people who were there, but there was enough food that they had leftovers as well. And so Jesus showed his love to these people by making food for them to eat when they were hungry. And he showed that they could have a wonderful life when they put their trust in him. Now, we have one more story to tell you about. This story is about a guy who's a real meanie. He he was just he was he was a really mean guy. He stole money from people. He was not nice to people, but Jesus was going to give him a wonderful life too. He might not have known it at the start of his day, but when he put his head on the pillow that night, he was going to have a whole new life and a wonderful life because he met Jesus that day. Now this man, you know his name. Again, he's he's looking all fancy here and, and all decked out, but nobody liked him. He had no friends. And so it really doesn't matter what you have. If nobody likes you, and nobody loves you, and you have no friends. And he had all this money, and he had all these fancy clothes. But he had, like, nothing good in his heart. So he heard that Jesus was coming to town, and that Jesus wasn't like any other man. And Jesus could do some things that were really special. But he had one big problem. He was really short. And no matter which way he turned and which way he looked, he couldn't see Jesus. So, some of you are smiling up here. You know his name. Say his name if you know it. His name is Zacchaeus. That's right. And so, could you imagine seeing a grown man, like maybe your dad or a brother or or an uncle or somebody, climbing up in a tree so they could look down and see Jesus? Zacchaeus was hurting so bad on the inside. He climbed that tree. He didn't care how, how goofy he looked. He just knew that he had to see Jesus that day. And you know what? Jesus had on his heart that he needed to see Zacchaeus that day. And when he came and he got under that tree, he looked up and he told Zacchaeus, you get out of that tree. I'm coming to your house and I'm going to have a meal with you today. And you know what, boys and girls, that was so exciting. Here was Zacchaeus. He had all this stuff, but nobody loved him. He had no friends. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes to town, and he looks up in that tree, and he calls him by name, and he says, I'm coming to your house. I'm going to be your friend today. That was wonderful to Zacchaeus, that Jesus would be his friend. But even more wonderful was, whenever Zacchaeus met Jesus, his heart changed. Not only did he have a friend in Jesus, he got a clean heart. Zacchaeus knew when he looked for Jesus and he looked into Jesus' face, he knew that he had yucky stuff in his heart called sin. He knew he had been doing wrong things. He knew he had been disobeying God. And he knew when he saw Jesus that he was very sorry for all that sin that was in his heart. And so Jesus gave him a wonderful life and showed his love by taking the sin that was in Zacchaeus' heart, by forgiving him, and by giving him a clean heart, he showed him love and he gave him a wonderful life. Now, I know we all got some really nice gifts at Christmas time, and I have one last, maybe one last gift box for us to peek into today and see what's in here. So, we're here. I'm gonna need three helpers to come up. Uh oh, I'm gonna get more than three offers. <laughs> that's, but that's all good, that's all good. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we have two young ladies come up first and take the lids off? Okay. Three young ladies, you all come up, one of you's gonna take the lid off and one of you's gonna and two of you are gonna take what's the one thing that's inside here and hold it up for me. So you all come up, okay, you take the lid off, okay, go ahead, take the lid off, okay, you reach in and take that out. And then you're going to hold it. No, you're going to leave that in there. Okay, you're going to hold it and show the people what was in there. Go ahead, open it up, Myla, for her. Open it up for her. Okay. Oh, what did you guys get? Okay, now turn around so everybody can see what you got. What did you get? A heart. It's a big red one, huh? And you know what that big red heart reminds us of? Jesus' love. Compared to Jesus' love, that's a little heart. But when we think about Jesus' love, we know his heart for us is really big. Thank you guys very much. Okay, you can put the lid back on. You can just sit the heart right here. That'll be good. Okay, now, do we have another helper ready to come? How, okay, come on up. I, I saw your hand. Okay, so you come up. And if you take the lid off and take the next thing that's in the box, take the next thing in the box that's out of there. Go ahead, take that out. Unfold it. See, see what we have there. What color is that heart? A white one. It's a white heart. That's like the heart Zacchaeus got after he met Jesus. And Jesus gave him a clean heart, a heart that didn't want to sin anymore. And that's what gave Zacchaeus a wonderful life. So thank you very much for your help. Okay, now, I need one more helper. Levi, are you willing to come up and help? Okay need somebody who can read. That's why we we want you for this third one. Can you take that out? And you sit that right there. That's all good. And can you read that to the, the boys and girls up here and to the people out in the church? Can you read that to them? Okay.
3: The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 6.23
2: Thank you so much, Levi. And that is what Christmas is really all about. That's what gives us a wonderful life, is when we know the love of Jesus, we ask him to come into our heart and take our sin away, and we know his love. That is the wonderful life. And you guys have been wonderful listeners. Thank you for all your help. Thank you for being such good listeners. And if you'd like to get a little booklet, Miss Kim has them right over here for you. Thank you all very, very much.
4: All right. That's, uh, you know, isn't it awesome when you watch the children, how they pay attention? And like when Levi was reading that verse, I was, I, I, went in, I went in a trance back to whenever I was that age and just remembering the simplicity of the gospel and how important it is. Debbie, Deb Metcalf, we thank you so much for all you do. She teaches every week downstairs. God bless you, Deb. She is, uh, she teaches our four and five year olds every Sunday. And, and you can see the powerful message there. I told the first service, I think she did a pretty good sermon. Sorry, this is Samson this week. <laughs> uh, I said she did a pretty good sermon, so I might as well just give the invitation. Let's go home, right? So, let's pray. No, I'm just kidding, All right? Uh, what a, what a great week. Let's thank God for our children, man. We thank God for them. I want to encourage you. Christmas Eve was an incredible time here at the church. Four services. That was the first time we ever had four services. Of course, we purposely spread things out a little bit so it wouldn't be overcrowded, and it was just beautiful. It was a beautiful day. We had our white Christmas on the way home. Some of you had the white Christmas on the way in. Somebody had the icy Christmas, but we all got it white by the morning, right? So it was a great, great time. I just want to encourage you with our, uh, our birthday gift to of Jesus offering. The list is out in the foyer still. We are so far, I believe we are up to 68,000. That's what we reported after last Sunday. And I'm sure there will be much more to report next week after Christmas Eve and today. So uh, I'm praying that we go over the goal this week, aren't you? Let's ask the Lord to do that, all right? God, God has been so good to us and every year we, we know that, uh, God had two pair of glasses on me. I'll tell you, this is, it's a wonderful life, guys. I'm really, really going out of here, right? <laughs> one up here, one down there. Just, I always heard that would happen and I didn't know it would happen to me. Anyhow, the, uh, the birthday gift of Jesus, you know, I'm just looking over this. We have everybody from Jeff and Arlene Berg here in Pittsburgh, Jan and Ana Franca in Serbia, We have our missionaries in Haiti and in Ecuador. We're feeding orphans in Ecuador, orphans in Haiti, orphans in in the Philippines. We have uh, Panama, the Ukraine, France, Ireland. Uh, Today I want to put up one on here. This is uh, Scott Phillips. Scott and Jenny Phillips. They are uh, missionaries to Indonesia. We've had them here several times. They go into the tribes, and they they actually translate the Bible. So they went into a tribe where there was no written language. They listened to it, and they figure out how to phonetically write it down. Like, listen, I was hooked on phonics as a kid. There's no way I could do that, right? So, like, they, they listened to it, and they teach a people how to read like have, that have never read, have never even had their language written, and so uh, they they have these incredible stories how these people were praying and waiting for for this good news to come to their village, and so uh, I just I'm so thankful that we're able to partner with Scott and Jenny Phillips. They're doing incredible work, and that and, and as I look over this list, I just see the names all over the place that God is doing some great work in their life. I look here. The next one that I have here on the screen today is. Um, is the Barons, Daniel and Rebecca Barons. This is Rebecca Boer. She grew up here in our church. They are ministering along the Texas border. They're at Trinity on the border. And so it's right along, and you can put up the map there next to, it's right along the border between the, uh, between Texas and the United States there. And they uh, they are ministering to to people that are in severe need. And so when you, when you get around them and you hear some of their stories, it's pretty powerful. Um, they're, they're teaching people English. They're teaching people how to live. They're supplying needs, and they're they're doing an incredible work. And so we're proud of uh, proud of these people here. Like uh, you know, a number of the people on this list have grown up in the church here. There's um, we have Josh Watts up in. City Church, Newcastle, which, by the way, they had two Christmas Eve services. Can we thank God for that? Two Christmas Eve services. We, uh, we have Caleb York, who was here as our student pastor. I was out. I went to visit him. He's planted a church out in Columbus, Ohio. He's doing a good work, man. He's, I walked in. It was on a Tuesday afternoon. He's got this guy that just come to know the Lord recently, and he's there helping helping to build the church and helping to put things together for uh, for their events and all. So I was just like, and, and the guy's telling me his story, how he came to Jesus because that church was new and somebody went out and told him about Jesus. And, uh, here's John Fowler grew up here in the church. We have Rebecca Boer grew up here in the church. And so it, it's just awesome to see these people that, that were part of our family. Sam and Rhonda Wilson. Sam Wilson was part of our, part of our church family here. And he's, he's on the list here. He's working with Jewish Ministries. And so I just want to encourage you to be praying, and let's let's take this list. Uh, if you haven't taken one of these lists, please take one of them in the foyer today and take it home and pray over it. Pray over it, not just as as we see the funds come in, but pray for them all year round because they're out there, they're on the front lines, and they're doing incredible work, whether they're uh, stateside or around the globe. And so we have so many people just all over the world that, that we are supporting, and, and I just think it's awesome that we get to do this, don't you? God is so good. Let's thank our God this morning for what He's doing for the birthday gift of Jesus. And I, I want to encourage you, you can still give today, you can give online, you can give through the mail. Um, the last day to be recorded on 2020 is... December 31st by midnight. So that means you can give online up to 1159. Uh, And if not, if you give after that, it'll just be recorded in 21. All right? So, But for those of you that 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 may be important for, and somebody was explaining to me that that you don't even have to itemize to claim that deduction this year for charitable giving. So you can research that. I'm no tax guy, but I know that uh, for some of you that that would be a very important thing. So we are thanking God for all that he's doing. Here in the church, God has just been so good. I can't thank God enough for what He's done this year. Amen? Amen. We had 2020 was the year of despair, but we found hope, and hope is always found in Christ. And I'm so thankful for that. So let's just pray. By the way, this is our last service of 2020. Can you believe that? Like, uh, I mean, we almost didn't have too many services in 2020, and then we started on the parking lot and uh, and we're here and God is blessing above exceedingly abundantly more than what we could ask or think that is how God always works folks when tithe, when life is bad when it looks down remember God is still there and he has not left us so let's just pray and i want to thank you for your giving your faithfulness in giving you can give uh, at the box on the on the back walls or in the in the uh, foyer You can give online or you can give through the mail this week. So, Father God, we come before you and we thank you so much for the faithfulness of your people, Lord. We thank you for the giving of your people, Lord. Uh, God, our church family has just been so strong. As the Apostle Paul said, see that you excel in the grace of giving. Lord, I've been watching you grow disciples of Jesus in our church. And Lord, as they are growing, they are excelling in the grace of giving. And so, God, it's just our joy and our pleasure to, uh, to be able to uh, meet the needs around the world, Lord, as we watch these missionaries from, uh, from China, from uh, Ukraine, from Serbia, uh, Trinidad, uh, Ecuador, uh, just all over the world, Lord. We just thank you for what you're doing around the globe, God. You've used our people here to touch lives around the world. And so, God, we, we come before you and we bless your name and we say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. You are a great God. You are worthy to be praised. Oh, truly, Lord, we do come and adore you. Come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. He is the newborn king, and you are the king of kings and the Lord of lords, God. Thank you for uh, for what you've done here this, in the church in 2020, Lord. We bless your holy name. We were in despair, but we found our hope in Christ. And, Lord, as we look into a new year, we are looking for our hope in Jesus Christ and in no other place. Again, Lord, we thank you for the faithfulness that you've been to us. Thankful for your faithfulness of your people and for their faithfulness in giving. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Alright, if you can't tell, it was my favorite movie of the year, right? It's A Wonderful Life, and so what I want to do is, we're going to take one last slice at this movie today. Uh, It's a classic movie. It's A Wonderful Life, and you remember the classic ending. I showed it on Christmas Eve. I'm just going to play this clip again for you. I want to refresh your memory where we're at here. This is the very end. You had the villain was Harry Potter. Not Harry. Henry. Forgive me. It was a rough first hour, guys. (laughs) I had two pairs of glasses and Harry Potter, right? Henry F. Potter is his name, okay? I can't believe I did that. I promised myself I wouldn't do that, okay. And I have to do it, and it's on video. You can watch it on demand, all right. So, all right. Henry Potter is the villain. Henry Potter actually ends up stealing $8,000, right? So he steals the money from George Bailey, and George Bailey uh, is at the bottom of the barrel, all the movie. And then he ends up coming out of the barrel. Uh, Clarence the angel, the fictitious story of the angel, takes him around, and he gets his perspective on life changed. And at the end, he realizes, hey, it is a wonderful life. I do want this wonderful life. And so let's watch this happy ending.
3: I wouldn't have a roof over my head if it wasn't for you, George. Just a minute. Just a minute. Hey, quiet, quiet, everybody. Quiet,
5: quiet. Now, get this. It's from London. Oh. Mr. Gower Cable, you need cash. Stop. My office instructed to advance you up to $25,000. Stop. Oh. Yee-haw and Merry Christmas, Sam Wainwright. Oh.
4: Carry
5: on, Dr. Banford in New
4: York. Oh, I left right in the middle of it. As soon as I got Mary's telegram. Good idea, Ernie. A toast <laughs> to my big brother, George, the richest man in town. <laughs>
3: A oh, very dear friend of mine. Look, Daddy. Teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. That's right. That's right. i do a boy,
4: And so there's your classic ending to this movie. You've seen it over and over. I made you watch it twice now. And so it's like this wonderful life, and he gets the joy of the wonderful life. But there's a guy missing in that, and it's Henry Potter. Henry F. Potter, the 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 uh, the miser guy, and we'll put his picture up here, right? Henry Potter is just that, you know, that mean old nasty guy. And here's this old mean guy, and he's stealing the money, and you know, he's gonna he's gonna take over the town. And so every movie has a villain, right? Well, and in the original movie uh, script, the original uh, script that uh, Frank Capra, the author, had written. That was not how the movie was to end right here. In the original movie, in Capra's original ending, Potter appears briefly at the movie's end. So uh, Henry Potter comes out, and you see him right at the doorstep. After the people bring their money to George, and of course Principal Partridge gives the pocket watch to little Zuzu, uh, Uncle Billy sinks down on his knees and starts audibly to say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven. And then the script says, gradually, the whole roomful takes up the prayer. Even the bank examiner, Carter, and the DA man. A celebration follows. Uh, Jenny uh, Janie plays the piano. Punch is served. And then the camera goes outside, and there's Potter outside the house. There's a close shot at the door. Um, it's still snowing. Potter is muffled in a heavy overcoat. He's standing at the door. He looks at an envelope in his hand, and it's Uncle Billy's money, the money that he had stolen. From inside, you can hear the Christmas carol coming out. Potter is about to knock, but he can't. Something tells him that he's unworthy to be with those inside. He sits on the step. He's just going through and counting the money, and uh, he's a lonely, beaten Man, and as we see the original, like you know, uh, many of these movies they go through many revisions before you get to the to the what you actually see in the movie. That, that's what happened with It's a Wonderful Life, and that would have been a, a really cool ending, wouldn't it? Like, like to just see that, hey, it's a little hint that, hey, there could be some change. It's a little hint that that uh, here's Potter. Henry Potter says, man, I don't think that I'm worthy enough to go in. All that love inside that room, I'm the bad guy. And there was this little hint that that he wasn't good enough or that he was not worthy to be in there. There's a little hint that, well, maybe he could go in and change. And so when you think about this, Potter, you know, believes himself to be unworthy. And don't we like to pick on the bad guy in these movies? Don't we like to pick on the bad guy in life in general? Like there's always a villain you know, in some of our family gatherings, you might have had the villain this year. You might have had the Henry Potter. You, you might have had the guy who was the, the mean one, the green one, right? The Grinch or whatever you're going to call him, right? You, you might have had that, that person and, and those difficult people in our lives. And, and so it's fun to root against the bad guys, isn't it? Uh, Saturday Night Live made a, a spoof. For their, how they thought the movie should have ended. They called it the forgotten scene. Um, I'm not going to tell you to watch it, not with your kids anyhow. So, uh, but, but I'll, I'll tell you, it's online. You can find it. it. It was pretty comical because they got, you know, here's Mary. Mary comes and tackles Mr. Potter, you know, you can, you can only, you can only imagine like they get all their aggressions out and they're just beating up this guy who was mean to them and they're slide tackling them, but that's not how, Capra wanted to end. He wanted to end with a slightly different note, and you know, if we change this ending, it'd be like you know, taking the Statue of Liberty and putting a peace symbol on it instead of a torch, right? So it, it's just like that's your classic way that you remember this movie. But I want you to think about this because we're all unworthy. Every one of us. It's not just the villain. It's just not. It's not just the bad guy. Listen, George Bailey was unworthy, as unworthy as Harry. Henry Potter, <laughs> it's a rough day, guys. Harry too. <laughs> it's 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 it's. It, it, listen, we're all unworthy. As a matter of fact, I, I like what um, Romans three ten says. It is written, "There is none righteous, no not one." There's not one of us who deserve the grace of God. Not one of us. Uh, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's not one that deserves the grace of God. Not one of us would be deserving on the inside. And, And today, many of us are on the inside. Many of us have been enjoying the fellowship of God's family. We enjoy the love of God's family. But God says, listen, none deserve to be on there on the inside. And if you look at this movie, and, and if Capper if would have had his way and it would have ended with Potter waiting to go in, uh, it, it would have been like two guys were knocking at the door of grace. You know, George Bailey had to surrender, and he ends up getting some help. The angel helps him. And uh, as he surrenders and gets some help, he, he's able to move forward. And, and Mr. Potter, as he, as he doesn't surrender... He it's like he doesn't even knock at the door of grace anymore. And so, so God's in in our life. I want you to catch this because that's just a fictitious movie. But we are living in a real life situation where where God has come to give us life, but yet we have the sin problem. Let, let's go back to our theme verse, John ten ten, this morning, and I want you to read it with me. All right, we'll put this up. Let's read it together. The thief does not come except to steal. And to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The whole reason that Jesus come was for you and I to have life. And as you think of the villains, as you think of the, the, the Henry Potters in your life, you think of those people and you, you're staring them down and they're staring you down. I want to ask you today, you know, we all like to beat up on the bad guy. And listen, he should have paid for his consequences, right? Uh, he should have suffered some of the consequences for his actions. I think everybody would agree to that. There's no argument there. But what if we were less concerned about the consequences of his actions than I were about his heart? What if I were more concerned about this man's heart than his consequences? So am I more concerned about the heart of others? And I, I want to encourage you to think about that today because... Um, None of us are deserving of the grace of God. Yet He came so that you might have eternal life. He died on that cross. He paid the price for you so that you might have it. And so am I concerned about other people? And so I want, I want you to catch this because as you start to understand the whole story of Christmas. And listen, Christmas is listen, It's wonderful. I love Christmas. I enjoy it so much because it's all about the gift of God which is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And, and as I start to understand this, I'm reminded that when you think of Christmas, you think of these gifts. You think of the gift that God gave you, eternal life. And, and it's easy if we're, not, if we're not cautious to make Christmas become about what I'm getting. And God says, I want you to not only understand that you have received eternal life, but I want you to help other people. Check this out here in First uh, John 4, 7. He says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Now, the way that this is written in the, in the Greek, okay? The, the original Bible, the, the New Testament was written in Greek. So we have it translated into English. In the original Greek, it's written kind of like this. Those who are loved... Let us love. In other words, those who have understood how much God loves them, and you have been forgiven, you understand how much God loves you, let us love other people. You may have heard this statement through the years. Hurt people, hurt people. Have you ever heard that? You know, if, if somebody's been mean to you, it's easy for you to be mean to somebody else. Well, God's saying in so many words here that loved people. Love people. When you understand how much you have been loved. And God's love is for all of us. It's not just for the George Baileys. It's for the Henry Potters as well. It's for the villain. It's for the, for the person that you don't particularly get along with. It's for the person that's on the outside. It's from the person who stole from you. As much as it is for you. Beloved, those that have been loved. Let us love one another. For love is of God. Anyone who loves, everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Let me share this with you about that word love. I, w- I went through and I was looking up that word love. And, and I, I have in my, my Bible program that helps me with the languages. I went and I looked at the word beloved and I looked at love. And I hit love each time. And the word love is this word agape. Agape. And it means, it means this. It means God's unconditional, no strings attached love. And so when God loves us that way, and then that word beloved means those that have been agape. So you have been agape. You have been loved like that. Let us agape others. Now, the Bible has several words in the Greek for love. Uh, one of them is eros. That's the like a physical type of love. Another one of them is phileo. That's brotherly love. That's the same word that we get the city of Philadelphia, the city of brotherly shove. I mean brotherly love. Okay, so that's the same word that we get that from phileo. That means brotherly love. That's like when you see me in the hallway. Hey, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. It's you know we're kind of neighborly type of thing. Agape is this. I love you without condition. And I'm going to choose to love you. And no matter what, I'm going to love you. And, and, I, and I, I meet your need. I'm there for you. I care for you. See, that's what God did for us. He chose us. And that's the closest I can come to under, to, to, to truly describing that. But it's this gift. Like, this gift that God has given us is this agape, like... He loves you with a never-ending love. It's, it's a, 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 no strings attached. There's no conditions to His love. And when you think about it, it's so powerful. And He says, those of you that have been loved that way, let us love one another. Okay? Let us agape one another. For agape, unconditional love is of God. And everyone who agapes, everyone who unconditionally loves, is born of God and knows God. Like he says, this is is how that you will know God is by the love in your life. Verse 8, he continues on. He says, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, verse 9, in this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God sent his only son, his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. So in this, The agape love of God was appeared, manifested means appeared. It made its appearance to us. And remember, these were eyewitnesses. John was an eyewitness of Jesus. He says, listen, the love of God, the agape love of God, we saw it with our own eyes. God sent his only begotten son into the world that through him we might live. There's your wonderful life. That through him we may have that abundant life. John 10.10. 10, I have come that they may have life. John follows up with it. He says, through him, the only begotten son. Now, as, as a follower of Jesus, God has called us, we are called the children of God. The sons and daughters of God. And I'll tell you what, I am a son of the Most High God. I love that. You are a son or a daughter of the Most High God if you've opened your heart and received his free gift of salvation. But there was only one that was begotten, Son. And this word begotten means this. It means generated from. Like there's God the Father and then there's God the Son. Now I've been adopted into His family. You and I have been adopted into His family if we're followers of Christ. And He loves us. And, and, and you look in the, in the Roman culture of the day. You understood that, that an adoption would be just as strong, if not stronger, than a physical birth. It's like you could not get rid of this. You, once you became adopted, you were, you were the child forever. You were in that family forever. But God says here, he sent his only son, the one and only. So what he's showing us is the sacrifice that God made for us. And I want you to consider with me today the sacrifice that God made for us. When he came to this earth. It's a pretty big sacrifice. First John chapter four verse ten. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Propitiation—that's a nice Christmas term, isn't it? You know, they're like what in the world is a propitiation? Uh, it's a—it's—it's it's an older word that basically means a sacrifice that turns away the wrath of God. In this is love. Not that we love God, but He loved us. You didn't just naturally love God. God came looking for you. Isn't that awesome today, folks? Like, like you don't get the credit for this. And, and God gets all the glory. And He came looking for you. And He sent His Son. Do you realize today you've tuned in online or you're here in this building today because God loved you first? Like, it's no accident that, like, why, what, what's going on? What, what's, what's got me listening and tuning in today? It's the love of God. Not that we loved Him, but He loved us. And so God's been knocking at your heart's door. He, he's calling you unto Himself. And, and listen, He sent His Son to be the propitiation, to be the sacrifice that turns the wrath of God away from us. Some will even go to say that it was the the wrath of God was satisfied that moment, like like God took His wrath on the Son of Jesus, on, on His only begotten Son, so that we might be free. First John four eleven says, "Beloved, if if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. If God so agape agape me, then I should agape you." I need to unconditionally love. And I'll tell you what, when I'm looking at the the Henry Potters in the world, when I'm looking at the Henry Potters in my life, boy, it's just easy to say, ugh, ugh, ugh. But God says, "Uh uh-uh. Because when God looked at me, He could have said, ugh, ugh. But He said, no. Jesus, go down to the earth and save that that kid go down to the earth and that little ken barner he's got his back turned on me i want you to save him and imagine the father imagine the son and the father having this discussion as he leaves heaven and he comes down and he does that you see god proved his love for us that's what he did he didn't just say it god proved his love for us while that we were still sinners Christ died for us. Romans 5, 8. So I want you to remember that today. I think we have a slide there. God proved his love for us. He, didn't, he just didn't say it. And I, I love it. Romans 5, 8 says God demonstrated, God proved, he showed, he did something. And so God gave his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He continues on here in 1 John. He says, no one has ever seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us. And His love has been perfected in us. And when you see that word perfected in Scripture, think mature. No one has ever seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides. He dwells in me. And His love has grown in me. It has matured in us. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us His Spirit. So I want you to catch this. As I look at, look at that verse, here's what it means. It basically says this. When we love others, the world sees God in us. Like when we love others, he, uh, the world will see God in us. We have that on the screen there, all right? Um, check that out because he says that no man has seen the Father, we've seen the Son. And then he goes on, he talks about how that you're to love. So when you look at life and you start to love the Henry Potters in your world, you start to love the villains in your world, God does something big in your life and it's called maturity. That's why it says that your faith becomes perfected. It becomes complete, becomes mature. When we love others, the world sees God in us. He continues on, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God abides in Him and He in God. And we have and, and we have known and have believed that that God has uh, the, that the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in Him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that, why, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Do you know Jesus was bold in the way that he loved you? Just think about this. To leave heaven and come to earth, that was no easy, easy feat. You know, when we leave this earth and go to heaven, we're not coming back. Like, you wouldn't want to come back. When you go to heaven, you're not going to want to come back. God leaves heaven and comes to this earth. And he does all things as a human. He lives and lives this perfect sinless life. And he dies a, a sinner's death on the cross, even though he's not a sinner. He pays for your sin. He pays for my sin. And that is the greatest gift of all. So when he says that love has been perfected among us, so that we, as you're maturing in your love, he says, listen, you're going to start to love and be bold. That was pretty bold. You know how Jesus was bold? He touched lepers. That was pretty bold, wasn't it? He hung out with sinners. He hung out with Zacchaeus, the wee little man, and the wee little man was he the wee little man went to see the Lord, so he climbed up in the sycamore tree, right? So so like Deb shared this morning that that, that here was Zacchaeus. He was just this uh, this thief, this robber. He was the Henry Potter, if you will. And he climbs up to see Jesus, and Jesus stops everything and says, I'm coming to your house, man. You see, God was bold. Jesus was bold in how he loved us. And I want to encourage you to be bold in how you love. He continues on here. He says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect, mature in love. So in other words, listen, when I go to love, there's always fear, isn't there? It's called the fear of rejection. Terrible, isn't it? I hate the fear of rejection. Man, I'll tell you what. When you love, there's always a risk. There's always a risk. I've shared with you before whenever I fell in love with my wife, man. I was head over heels. Still am. You know what I mean? It's like you do crazy things when you're in love. Like write notes. Sing songs. I mean, listen, I'm the worst singer. And I sang songs to that woman. Um, I I don't even tell you what I did this year. I bought two Christmas cards. Like, you know, I didn't know that was the most important part. Like, I would get all these gifts and stuff, and she'd be like, well, where's the card? I'm like, a card? You see, when you love, you learn, like, that's what she wants, Uh, so I went out and I stood in line with all the other husbands at the Hallmark store. And we're, we're, we're picking out cards the day before Christmas Eve. And, and, and listen, I, I want you to catch this. You know, when, when there's no fear. When you love somebody, you'll take the risk. You absolutely will. Jesus took the risk for you. And the risk cost him his life. He went all the way to the cross. He, he hung out with sinners. He never said, oh, I wonder what the Pharisees will think of me. Imagine that he says, "I love these people." He he was known for hanging out with despicable people. The Bible says, and I love what John says here. First John, four nineteen. We love him because he first loved us. Read that with me. We love him because he first loved us. You know what, folks? The wonderful life is not to be a secret. God gave us the wonderful life, and it's not to be a secret. It is to be expressed more than just words. It's to be expressed in your actions every day of your life. There are despicable people. There are people that are Henry Potters. They're the villains in your life, and God says, "I want you to love them." God is love. It's at the very center of His being, and and that love doesn't mean that He ignores sin. Listen, He's still holy. He's still just. He's still righteous. But love is the motivation. He is, love is part of everything that he does. So his love isn't going to let you just roll over and, and hurt yourself and destroy yourself. That's not, that's not love. His, his love is, is, is going to be there. It's going to be hard love. It's going to be uh, good love. He cares about you. We love him. Why? Because he first pursued me. He first pursued you. So the wonderful life. Is not to be kept a secret. Would you read that with me? The wonderful life is not to be kept a secret. And so today I want to encourage you to, uh, to, to be like, we're gonna hold off on that just a minute. I want you to be like Luke chapter 2 verse 16. And they came with haste. We'll put that up. and they, Read this with me. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Verse 17 says this. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. You know what they did? They came and they adored him. They came and they worshipped him. And then it says that made widely known. Um, other translations say it like this. They told everybody everywhere about the Lord Jesus. You remember that song, Go Tell It on the Mountain? Go tell it on the mountain. Over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain. That Jesus Christ is born. That's. What we're to do. We're not to keep this thing a secret. And I'll tell you what. It's not just to be your speech. It's supposed to be my actions. And my actions will speak much louder than my words. And I love those that are not lovely. I love those that I disagree with. I love those that I agree with. I love fear. Listen, I don't have to have fear to love the unlovely. I don't have to have fear to love those that are not like me. And so I want to encourage you today. Who's the villain in your life? Put up Henry Potter there again. Who's the bad guy in your life? Oh, we've just sung, Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Christ the Lord. If you want to adore Christ the Lord, go out and love the Henry Potters. Go out and love the unlovely. Go out and love. Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed today, I want to encourage you to be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. The way that you be like Jesus is not just coming to church and singing a few songs and come like Jesus. It's to go love the unlovely. It's all over Jesus. All over Jesus. I want to ask you today, maybe you've not opened your heart yet to Jesus. Maybe you said, Ken, I'm, I, I, this, this thing about God loves me, I'm the Henry Potter. I've been sitting on the outside and I just see everybody so happy on the inside. I, I want this. I want to ask you today, would you open your heart to Jesus? Would you, would you just call on him, whether you're online or here in the room? Would you just pray something like this? Dear God, I come before you and I admit that I'm a sinner. I've done wrong things. I believe that you died on the cross and that you came back to life again for me. And I'm trusting you right now with my heart and my soul. And for others, maybe maybe God's challenged you with a few potters in your life. There's a few people, and wouldn't it be cool if the story ended with people praying for Henry Potter like they were praying for George Bailey at the beginning? Wouldn't it be cool if that's your life? You start to pray for those in your life. Father God, be with each one of us, Lord. Help us to grow. Help us to be mature in our love, Lord. You died on the cross. You paid for our sin. You agape us. You have given us unconditional love. Lord, we're challenged by this. I confess I'm weak at it. I'm growing. My love isn't matured yet. Lord, we're just a people of faith trying to grow in you. And we know that the the people will see God in us whenever we follow you. So, God, I pray now, Lord, that you'll, you'll just do something so powerful in us as we keep following you your precious name we pray. Amen. Aren't you glad to be here today? God's been so good to us. Can we just thank God? 2020 has been a great year. You know, as I I talk to a lot of people, I'm like, you know what? 2020 was one of the hardest years, but I'll tell you what, I'm thanking God for it. He says, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. And so no matter what, God's been good. He's been with his people. We had despair, and we found hope. Amen? So we're going to continue forward. I want to invite you to be with us next week. We're going to 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so don't be afraid of this, folks. This does not mean I'm asking you to fast for 21 days, okay? Uh, this, you know, you're going to be able to eat, so it's okay. Everything's fine. Don't skip next Sunday because you think I'm going to tell you not to eat, all right? So um, I'm, we're going to talk about prayer, and uh, we're going to start our church off. And I want you to join with me. For 21 days of prayer. We're going to get you set up next week. And we're going to start 21 on the right foot. Amen. So we're looking forward to it. God bless you. You are dismissed. We'll see you next year. Have a great day.